this is casual conversation where Shah Jahan and I will just talk about stupid stuff. And we're and, just going to see, yeah, see, and then see if we can work together. Yeah, we can work together. What if we can't stand each other? What right. will happen then, right? <laughs> Are we going to do a show about love if we each other? No, you know, but that's interesting you say yeah. that. That is a facet of love, right? Yeah. Toxic love. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking about, um, uh, I, th- I was planning on telling this story or something at some point. I figure I could just tell it now of the, I mean, because we're both happen to be Desi or Brown, you know, from Pakistani backgrounds and stuff. So my, you know, and I dealt a lot with this in my in my last show, but, um, you know, like what was my, I think the early experiences dating and mm. stuff, you know, and so for me as like a, a first generation first son, you know, I have two younger sisters. There were but a like, lot of expectations. For sure, yeah. But like, and then trying to kind of, you know, with this, I, I think it, it looks different for um, for different people, but the whole thing with like, I think some families are cool with dating and stuff. Mine definitely wasn't initially. Ah. I had to hide, you know, going to school dances and stuff. And, and my first, I think, um, first date is kind of a classic, <laughs> classically embarrassing Khan story. family story. <laughs> I had uh, worked up the courage to ask uh, ask out this girl. Her name was Katie. And um, we decided to go to a movie in Marlboro, Massachusetts. So, you know, it was like, I, I was like, a, I mean, I'm still kind of awkward. You can ask my now wife, Lauren, but um, at the time, much more so. So, I yeah, I, I had like, you know, gel. I was 16. It was like, whatever, early 2000s. I had like gel <laughs> in my hair and stuff. And... So uh, I had probably like a Tommy Hilfiger shirt on or something. I don't know. And uh, probably some corduroys. And so we got to the movie theater. The first thing that happened is we walked in. I don't remember what the movie was. It's the, only, the thing that I do remember vividly is that as soon as we walked in, I heard this like, I heard this sound or people people like saying my name or something. And I looked up and my sister, Mariam, oh was in gosh. the exact same theater with all of her friends. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> I know. That's bad. Uh, so, yeah, we were 16. So she must have been 14. Maybe 16. Yes, yeah, so she must have been 14. Middle schooler. Turned out. So that the whole time the movie's happening, my sister is literally like two rows up from us. So I'm just like sitting there and thinking that this is the worst thing ever. Then the movie ends and we go outside and I, you know, I I very reluctantly like tried to hold Katie's hand and she <laughs> took my hand. And so we just were walking. We weren't saying anything to each other because I think she could feel the the tension, yeah. you know, in within me or whatever. And so we're just like holding hands walking out of the uh, the Solomon, whatever, the, the movie theater at the Solomon Pond Mall in Marlboro. And who's there to pick up Mariam, my sister, and her friends? My mom. Oh, my gosh. My, and it was, bad. yeah, it was like a high school f- movie or something. Like, you know, the, the crowds parted and Amai's just standing there, just like glaring at me in her life. It's just like searing. And, and she just had this scowl on her face that was like, how could you do this? How could you do whatever, like betray me? Or, or And it was just, and that was my first date ever. I grew up in a completely different environment, right? So at 16 and 17, you don't date. Or even if you do, again, you hide it. Mm-hmm. And you hide it in a way where there's like, you can't meet in public places. You have to choose certain places to meet. It's all very, I guess, secretive in a way. 
And I don't think I dated in my teenage years. Um, but even later, I think in Pakistan, the concept of dating is very different from dating in the U.S. So even if the if you are dating, you're not really dating. You're just going out, hanging out with someone. Are you going out in like groups? Maybe like groups of friends? I'm trying to think how, how did I do it? Um, even if you weren't in groups, you wouldn't like acknowledge that you're dating. You would just hang out. Um, but again, it may be different now. I am yeah. old, so maybe that's why <laughs> my memories of dating and how it panned out in Pakistan are so different. But I can speak to what I expect my kids to do here. Um, so I am not as strict as your mom. So I am okay with them dating, but then I have certain restrictions mm. on who they should be dating, when they can date, and what does that dating mean? Although I don't think my kids are going to follow all these rules and all these norms, but, you know, we can hope, right? So that's interesting to me because it's, you know, it's still, I think for us, was secretive also. But you're right that it's it was different because it was just secretive for us. You know what I mean? Like we we were the ones doing it secretly. Like it's all around yeah. us. It was happening. You know, people were... And it was quite, it is quite yeah. normalized, right? So yeah. it may be secretive for you because you don't want to share it with your family. Yeah. But otherwise it's a date. Yeah. It's and like, it's like, quote, abnormal that we have to... And I'm digressing a bit, but do you think it's too much pressure on kids here to start dating as young as, what, 13, 14? Why is it that everybody is expected to date so early on in their life? That's a good question. I mean, I don't, it's interesting, so I'm not, I'm not a parent, right, like right. you, so, but I do, I guess I, I think about these things in terms more of, um, maybe, I guess my nephew is only six, so I'm assuming he's not <laughs> dating yet. Yeah, yeah, I hope not. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know, like, you hear these things all the time that, like, you know, while on the one hand, you know, some people would say like, oh, Pakistan, it's so like, quote unquote, sexually repressive, this and that. But you hear the opposite sometimes of like, well, here, sex and... and, and it's and so it's, objectified. It's so obje- right? Yeah, it's so objectified. It's so like, de, not demystified, but like... It's in your face. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you just, you can't escape it. Yeah. Um, I think I definitely felt pressure, you know, hmm. in terms of... Like I said, I think being awkward and stuff. And some of that is just being a teenager in many ways because you are mm. awkward. But like, yeah, I think in terms of my, I'm, I'm trying to think of like my best friends in high school. They all seemed to be dating. It, it just became a thing that like, oh, this is just what we do now. And there's some manual that everybody else kind of has, you know, in terms of how to do it. And maybe their parents are showing them or encouraging. I, I remember one of the... Uh, early kind of school dances I snuck out to. So I lived next to um, this kid named Alex. He was just a few doors down. Ah. And we snuck to his house so that his dad would drive us to Idlewild Farms in Acton so that we could buy flowers for our, like, dates. This is literally, like, seventh grade. So I hadn't even, like, been on a date. It it was, like, I think Ah. it was, like, the first school. and But it was such a thing that it was, like, oh, there was something about, like, oh, you're – it, not only do you not have to hide this from your parents, but, like, they're supporting you and this is how they met. And at the time, like, you know, people would ask me, obviously, like, you know, well, how did your parents meet? And I'm like, well, they just found out they were going to be married to each <laughs> other. And it's and again, it's like it's not that weird, right? Because for, for, for you, it's very common. For, 
to it have is an common, yeah. but I didn't do that. Yeah. So my husband and I, we met in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we were dating. I think we were. Um, and that's how we met. And then after a year, two years, we decided that yeah. this is it, right? And then we involved our parents. And then there was this whole backstory about how my father didn't want me to marry him. And there was this like six-month period where my father wouldn't agree. And in our oh. culture, your parents have to agree yeah. for you to marry someone. You can't do it without their consent. Yeah. I was just, oh my gosh, those six months were brutal. They were so bad. And then my mom had to convince him of all the good traits that my current husband has. Wow. And then eventually he came around, but he wasn't happy about it even then. Is this still like a running joke in your family? It is. It is. There's this whole story about our marriage and the wedding day and how pissed he was and he didn't want to participate in anything. But when I think about my kids, again, completely different culture. They are navigating dating in the U.S. and both my daughters are teenagers. Yeah. Um, In some ways, I don't even expect them to marry whoever I want them to marry. Yeah. Because I didn't do that. Yeah. Right. Um, I knew what my parents would approve of, quote unquote, like whether they did or not, that's a different story. But at the same time, I still want them to preserve some part of our culture Mm -hmm. in the way they approach dating. I see. Like Maybe it's like hybrid dating. I don't know. Do you have like, um, uh, let's say if it's, you know, do you have like a Pakistani community that you hang with and socialize Uh. with? Where the kids hang out and get together and maybe you don't know that they're dating behind your back? I wish I knew more Pakistanis. Hmm. Um, I do, but we don't hang out as much. Yeah. I don't think... So for now, where my kids are, they think that Pakistanis are not good looking. And it really pisses me off because I'm like, I mean, if I'm honest, if I'm honest with you, I don't think I think I probably thought the same stuff when I was a kid because I was in an all white town. And it it, no. And and it's it's an internalized like white supremacy stuff. I think I talked about it a little bit on my in in season one, you know, and my mom also tells that story where she's like. Uh, you know, you came home once when you were in kindergarten or something, and you said, "Amma, can you um, can you g- get me some soap and wash this color out of my skin so that it can be white like everybody else's?" But no, the the beauty standards thing is is super true, and you know, it still manifests itself in a lot of different ways. I mean, I I I, I would I like to think that I've moved beyond lots of that stuff, but you know, if I'm honest about, you know, insecurities about like body hair and male yeah. body image and all these different things that are still I think yeah they used to I, I feel like I'm these things are being being redefined and stuff for sure you know you're absolutely right about this like whitewashing and mm-hmm. setting these standards where you're approximating yourself to whiteness right yeah and what beauty standards look like um I see that with my daughters now the irony is that my older one, at least, she recognizes that she's not white and she's very proud of it, right? So she's mm. very proud of her skin color. She knows she's brown. She, in fact, reasserts it in everything that she does. But at the same time, deep down, as you said, I think somewhere in in her mind, um, white people or whiteness is, you know, the, sta- the, the ultimate beauty standard that everybody wants to achieve or approximate themselves to. Does this play any part in it? Like if, 
Now, you said, for example, maybe they don't interact with that many other Pakistani kids. Yeah. So I, I so the reason I asked that is because so I, I wonder, like, if since it's so few, if they like had a shitty interaction with someone. Hmm. Right. Hmm. And that's the thing that sticks out, you know, like sticks out in their mind. And then that then is sort of unfairly through no fault of their own, but displaced onto like. Pakistanis as a whole, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, Pakistanis are this way, or which means, oh, brown men must be this way. This way yeah. Do you think that's like a function of, yeah. of that too? Yeah, that's, maybe? that's interesting. I, I wonder that about myself, you know. But, and I hope it's okay yeah, for yeah. me to ask you this, but have you ever dated non-white yeah. person? Oh, you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. what was the interaction like? I think for me, like, because... There was a lot of other stuff going on in my early years, like mm-hmm. addiction stuff and um, a lot of mental health stuff. Um, I yeah, I mean, I definitely like did date more white people than non-white mm. people. If that's like the now, I didn't date that much in my life. Maybe less than six people total. Mm. So it's not that large of a sample size. But yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I the person I ended up with. She's like aware of, you know, it, it's it's interesting, like we we both went to, I got to take uh, my current partner, Lauren, to Pakistan last oh, year. Nice. And um, and I remember talking to my mom once about, and having that discussion with her uh, of like, you know, is it, were you ever con- like long term, you know, because I think back in the day, I always felt that she wanted me to like end up with a Desi person, you Your know, mom. my mom. But. For her, she was like, you know, I actually didn't really care, to be perfectly honest with you. I just wanted to make sure that it was somebody that, like, wouldn't think Pakistan was weird or backwards. And in Lauren's case, she actually grew up with two really close South Asian friends. Mm -hmm. So she, like, knew stuff. And she's like, you know, it's not not a thing. Because here's the thing. I don't want them to date or eventually be married to somebody who's patronizing towards Pakistan yeah. and Pakistanis. Yeah. But beyond that, you're right. I am not too concerned. I want them to be happy at the end of the day. But at the same time, I guess it's it's human nature. We gravitate towards people who look like us and mm. who speak the language. And I should ask you this because you are in an interracial marriage. In my mind, marriage as is, is so tough. It's Mm -hmm. work in progress. It requires a lot of, you know, compromises and understanding and sacrifices or whatever. And if you come from different backgrounds, it adds on. Does it? Like, what do you think? So in our case, I feel like we sort of lucked out because both Lauren and I are kind of I want to say, like, the weirdos in our family. (laughs) Like, I became a punk rock musician. And, you know, she's a punk rock neuroscientist. But um, Yeah. But, like, we have so many other – and, you know, we don't have kids. We probably are not going to. We might adopt at some point. I think we both uh, realize that we just don't really want to do it from the beginning. Um, I'm not sure. You know, never say never. But, but yeah, we kind of, like – we haven't had – in terms of – compromises we really haven't had that many because we're actually so similar in other ways that it's just it's the i guess the interracial element is an enrichment rather than a conflict and you know it and it's and again it was 
honestly, for me, even I remember once um, sitting uh, with a cousin of mine. So this would have been, uh, I was, Lauren and I had been together for probably two or three years at this point. And I was, and I had taken my first trip to Pakistan in about 10 years uh, for another cousin's wedding, speaking of relationships and everything. (laughs) And um, my cousin at the time, he was changing careers. He was kind of like starting a a family farm. Hmm. So we're sitting there on the outskirts of Lahore in this, you know, sitting on a charpai, right, 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 eating, you know, roti and gosht and stuff that's like from the farm. So you couldn't get any more Pakistan <laughs> than we are at this moment. It's a go- it's a very hot day outside, and I'm sitting there, and you know, he's asking me about like, you know, so what are you up to? Or you're, you know, and I'd been sober for a little while at that point, and my doing music and stuff again. He's like, so are you like with anyone? I'm like, yeah, you know, I've been seeing this girl for uh, for a while. She's really awesome. And at the time, I honestly wasn't even sure if marriage was something that I was hmm. going to do or whatever. But like, I was like, you know, I just, I think I'm, I see that this could be the person. And if I'm honest with you, the only thing that, it's not even that it bothers me. It's just something that I think about because it's a thing, hmm. is she's not Desi. And he looked me straight in the eye and he said, do you think it would guarantee a happy marriage it just doesn't. because, he's like, dude, is she a good person? I'm like, yeah. He's like, does she get along with your mom? I'm like, yeah, she actually, they both mm. love each other. Do you get along with her? I'm like, yeah, we both kind of love each other too. He's like, who cares? And it it took him, he's maybe 15 years younger than me. It The moment he said that was when I, I think any sort of doubt I had about that stuff went, mostly went away. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As you probably already know by now, we talk a lot about mental health on this podcast and the importance of taking the time to take care of yourself. In fact, we dedicated an entire season to it. And there are so many different ways to do that, whether it's meditation or getting a massage. But let's be honest, ice cream can only go so far and sometimes what you really need is to connect with someone. On previous, I've been open about the fact that therapy has helped me a lot when it comes to managing my mental health. If you've been struggling with stress, anxiety, or if you just want to learn effective preventative tools, BetterHelp might be for you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's convenient, affordable, and you can start with your therapist in under 48 hours of signing up. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about and take the leap. Again, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Immigrantly listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash listener. You know what surprises me in this is how you still had some doubts. And that's where this whole idea of navigating different cultures comes into play, right? Because at the end of the day, there is this part of you that still wants to maybe please your parents or yes. be part of that community. It's like, you know, it's it's your rite of passage. And yeah. I, I am pretty sure my daughters will go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't because obviously I grew up in a predominantly yeah. Muslim homogenous community so for, uh, society so for me it was not as big a deal but I can see that happening to my kids 
where even if they were dating or even if they wanted to um they would still be hesitant mm. until somebody like your cousin you know um tells yeah. them just to follow their heart yeah and i think that like for i guess in my case like the first gen kids or whatever like yeah, yeah we we are balancing all of these different things that the maybe the stuff that people in our culture would joke as the ABCD thing or whatever. But like for many years, it becomes a, it's a source of conflict. And yeah. And again, I, this is kind of what I talked a lot about in my, my, my show about, but like the idea that like, oh man, I'm, I'm all these different things and it's a problem. Right. And Mm -hmm. I'm, and this, this like fragmentation, I don't, I, I will never reconcile the Pakistani amount with the American amount with the Muslim amount with the musician mm. amount and like all of these things are gonna and I just I'm always gonna be this like confused person uh, and then at some point hopefully you realize that no no actually you can be all of the things at the same, at the same time. time and you know and luckily like as I was realizing a lot of this was kind of when I met Lauren too and you know like we both just kind of clicked from there so and I don't know how much of this also has to do with like our culture of like feeling like you're missing shit all the time and constant Mm -hmm. capitalism whatever and like trying to keep up with people and being on your phone and like you know or thinking that like oh whatever I have is not good enough type thing so as a person also in recovery from you know substances and stuff I can you know think that that probably had something to do with some of these insecurities too but but yeah at a certain point like just the other day, like, you know, we, we were sitting and playing video games together mm. and like it was the best time and we've been together for nine years. And wow. this is like one of our favorite things to do now. Uh, still, excuse me. And yeah, it's just it's a very like hopefully you're with some we just support each other like emotionally. And mm. I can talk to her about this stuff. You know, she like gets that there's like some brown stuff I have to deal <laughs> with sometimes. And it's not like, you know, it's not a thing. So it's not, you know. I sure, feel very supported. And I'm in sure that there stuff. is stuff that she deals with or of she course, has to deal course. with that you yeah. are learning. Yeah. Um, because to me, marriage is irrespective of who you marry or even companionship, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's a profound learning curve. It requires a lot of, I guess, learning on the job kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have all these expectations going in, and then once you're in it, you realize how different it is. Yeah. Good or bad. It, it could be either, right? I guess for me, um, I just want my kids to be happy at the end, at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Um, I want them to make choices that they don't regret. And even if they do, they move on with dignity and respect. And I think that's what we can hope for. I can hope for my kids. Um, and all the second-gen kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like my nephew, too, for sure. Right. Yeah. I remember not this on this trip, but the last trip, uh-huh. I was standing, I was waiting for the A train or something, and on the three-screen ad behind me, I see an ad for this app called Muzmatch. Seriously? And I was like, I had to do a double take because I was like, that. Maybe I should share that app with my kids. I mean, it's maybe not the best name because it sort of sounds like a yeah, racial slur, but uh, but still, I was just like, wow, to go from hiding dating to having a Muslim. I mean, I remember the first few iterations of this Muslima.com. Muslima.com. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting. I, I think the first hmm. one, the first one that I remember from. Pakistan was nasib.com. Uh-huh. 
which was actually my bandmate uh, Basim, his cousin. It was his app that he had made. This was way back in the and day. And that's but, for Pakistan. I don't know if it was just. I thought it was like Muslims and but I honestly don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Not to like South Asian center Islam again, but yeah, but yeah, I remember. But different. being in the subway, seeing this bright purple ad, of uh, and I just was like, wow. I love it. Shit is different now. It is important. This is incredible. It is so important to normalize yeah. that. Are parents' expectations different for you know girls versus boys, right. people who identify as male versus female? Yeah. Are they different? Was it different in your case in your household? Mm-hmm. Are you asking? Yeah, I'm asking. Oh, 100%. 100%. No, I mean, the male privilege that I have had is Hmm. shows, speaks volumes. I mean, I even, yes, I was in an interracial marriage. It was pretty smooth, you know, smooth. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't really. The only thing that came up for us was um, in the actual wedding itself, my dad. The rituals? The rituals. So, me and Lauren didn't give a shit, really, Mm. what, I mean, about we it, we it was and the other thing I realized that the big difference is it, it's I think for our the cultures that we come from I'll say mm. it's maybe more about a the wedding is about the families it's not about the individuals necessarily it's not it, that's not really the for us in a way I think the wedding was for the families our but it's 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 not like we all like our families don't hang out all the time you know they're definitely yeah. close but like we don't. It doesn't feel in that same way, you know, the whole like in-law thing or whatever type deal. But like for the actual Shadi itself, the only thing my dad was really insisting on, and maybe not even my mom as much, but he's like, I really want there to be a nikah. Wow. Uh, and I was like, look, I'm going to leave that part up to Lauren. Like neither of us is, you know, I identify as Muslim. Lauren is not religious in any way. Um, and uh, And I actually, the funny thing is that I had made it up in my head to be a bigger deal than it ended up being. So I, I remember talking to Lauren a few weeks before, and I was like, listen, so there's this thing that, like, um, it kind of is going to sound like you will be, like, converting to Islam, but you won't really, but maybe. And she was like, wait, so, like, I just, you mean, like, where, like, a priest would say some shit, yeah. he's going to say some shit? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I don't care. Like, it's for them, you know, for them. So it's not, you know, and, but then, I mean, the thing that ended up happening was it was supposed to be in English. We met the imam. He agreed to do the thing in English, and then the day of the wedding, he just does it. He backtracked. He, well, he just he might have forgotten or something. Oh. So we're sitting there on the thing, and like he starts saying it all in Arabi, you know, in Arabic, and that's a whole other discussion about <laughs> speaking a language you don't really understand that I have opinions about. But, but so that was the only real hang up. But so that's my story. If you talk to my sisters, it's a lot different. My um, younger sister, youngest sister, didn't want any kind of religious anything at mm. all. And, you know, I think that was, it was more of an issue, you know, for sure. I think that my whatever forays into dating, I thought I had to hide stuff. They definitely had to hide more than yeah, I did. Yeah, but what, what, from what I understand, I think you were okay either ways, right? So you were like, whatever. Whatever, right? If my parents are okay, if they want to do it, fine. I don't care. But if they, then I'm fine with it. But your sister, was she like, no way, it's not happening? Yeah, for her, she she just, you know, and it, and she, you know, she didn't, um, she's eight years younger than me, right? My youngest mm. sister, um, Noor Jahan. And she just doesn't, 
you know, we didn't go to, uh, I, I learned a lot of this while I was interviewing her for my, my other podcast, uh, where, you know, we just didn't, uh, around the time that we, uh, that she became a teenager, we stopped going to Pakistan as much, uh-huh. right? And she uh, didn't, you know, she didn't speak the language as much as we did growing up. And uh, she just didn't have that much of a connection to that Pakistani side of her, to the Pakistani or the Muslim side. But does that make any difference, though? I sometimes feel you may feel like shit doing something that you think is not part of your culture or identity Mm. or whatever. But you'll still do what you want to do, whether you hang out with community, whether you go to Pakistan often or not. I wouldn't want to answer on behalf of, of Nuna, but I think that I definitely, uh, yeah, definitely she struggled with like a lot of that, a lot hmm. of that stuff. And, you know, maybe not maybe the shame element, but definitely the feeling like, you know, having to hide stuff, hmm. you know, and not that I didn't, but I, I don't think I had to. Um, I, I know that I didn't. It, it maybe didn't represent the same kind of thing for her. Hmm. That's interesting. The sister in the middle, meanwhile, is like pretty, they see. Like, so she's pretty, you know, kind of more, um, that element of her uh, identity is more prominent. And, it, it, you know, pretty much after high school, she just only hung out with, you know, other Desi people. And that's kind of, it's always been her thing. Do you think it has anything to do with this this whole notion of where you gravitate towards, who you like? It's probably intrinsic in some ways it's just it comes to you naturally it it can be tailored or it can it it obviously it is impacted by external circumstances and where you live and where you grow up i see both my daughters one is so vocal about her identity her muslim identity her pakistani american identity sometimes she sounds more pakistani than me mm-hmm. which is crazy my younger one she couldn't care less like for her her, Mm. it doesn't matter and they both grew up in the same household they are growing up in the same household right the Mm -hmm. the values we've passed on to them we try to pass on the same to both i like this rajan this was so much fun absolutely i think we can i think we can do this yeah we can do that we won't drive each other crazy or even if we do we'll do it in a good way yeah yeah. So oh, I hope yeah. our listeners, if we are releasing this as an episode, <laughs> like this episode, and they'll come back next week, yeah. listen to our like official launch of season 13. Absolutely. Do you want to say something else? Uh, oh my God. I'm on the spot now. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. No, it's, it's so, it's, it's awesome. Thank you for having me on Immigrantly. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, and then uh, it's just really cool. I've, I've never co-hosted a show. How bad could it be? <laughs>